The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. One of, uh, I think, Ireland's probably most popular comedians is starting a tour. Post-COVID, he's back out on the boards again. He's going to be at the Docky Comedy Festival, which is sold out. Then May 27th, there are a couple of tickets still available for Ballycotton in County Cork. So if you're looking for something to do in the coming weeks, Ballycotton, County Cork, and you can see the one and only Reginald D. Hunter. And he's going to be uh, gigging around after that. He's in July. He's up in uh, the north in the Standhill Festival. He's the hotspot in Greystones, Lighthouse and Dunleary, yada, yada, yada. Reginald, good morning. Doc Savage, what's happening, baby? <laughs> uh, not a whole pile. I, in reading up on you, which I know I should have done the, the previous times that I, I talked to you, but I, I've become uh, more professional since then. I hadn't <laughs> realized you went to RADA. How fancy are you? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> that is, but like the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, that is, it's the the Harvard, the Oxford, the Cambridge of acting. How come you are not treading the boards in in theatre? Why are you not a thespian? Um, I, 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 that's down to me. I can't blame nobody. Um, I when I got to stand up comedy, um, I realized that if something messed up on stage. It was because of me. I knew where to start my investigation. Um, <laughs> and, and acting, um, you cannot get parts because you're too tall or you're too short or you're too fat or you're too skinny. Or, and in stand-up, all of those things are assets. Well, you see, this is interesting because I, I, I know you are probably sick of, of talking about the current trends in, in stand-up, but I, I feel I should do it nonetheless. There was a time when you knew, if the audience laughs, this works. Now, the fact that the audience laughs is not a guarantee that your career won't explode two days later when social media gets hold of it. Well, you know, I, 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 get, I get tired of being asked about um, the current trends in stand-up comedy because I don't understand them. Um, I mean, and I have days I do think I understand them. Like, oh, okay, I got a hold on this. And then, it's like, but, and then that changes. And so it's like, so um, it's not that I'm tired of talking about it. It's like, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's like, <laughs> I saw Will Smith and slap Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith slap Chris Rock, and then everybody was everybody wanted to talk about his marriage. <laughs> and then you know, um, and then what happened with Dave Chappelle, and and then you know, there's a lot of little stories in stand-up comedy, and I know a lot of good comedians that aren't working, and you know, I know a fair few plastic ones that are working a lot. So, <laughs> how do you define, without naming names, how do you define a plastic comedian? Um, I mean, comedians who are almost funny, and and by almost funny, I mean they they they're hilarious to like sort of low voltage mainstream people. I mean, I mean, and, and it's and it's, it doesn't really tell you anything. Uh, it seems to me that a lot of stand up comedy now, a lot of the new stand up comedy, is about personal anxiety, and you know, that can be funny. I mean, it's just but it, it, I'm weird because. Aren't you weird too? <laughs> <laughs> I love the notion of low voltage mainstream people. I think I found the demographic to which I belong, Reginald. <laughs> <laughs> so you're then of the sort of the the Lenny Bruce kind of Bill Hicks. This should have pointy edges to it and challenge our assumptions and stereotypes. School of comedy. I think that's fair, but I mean, I certainly came out of appreciating things like that, but. When I came back after my first, uh, when I came back and did my first tour after COVID, I mean, I just looked at the state of things and I thought, 
well, you know, I would love to be to continue on my mission to be, you know, uh, observational and deep and and trend setting and and and, and, and trend wrecking, but these people just need me to be funny. <laughs> and <laughs> so I spent the balance of my tour, you know, putting my, you know, excessive artistic ego to the side and just going, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember the first rule of stand-up comedy. You are here to be laughed at. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you sell yourself out and you do goofy stuff that you don't do, you know, like, hey, I slipped on a banana peel. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, a, a lot of the things that I like to talk about on stage are are, are depthful, and, um, and, and 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 looking inward and going to great depths that can be hurtful at times. And people didn't need to be hurt no more. <laughs> they were pretty hurt by the time they was walking into the theater. Is it enjoyable to bring an audience to places where they're not entirely comfortable? I, every time I watch Stuart Lee, I think he's he's doing this just willfully for his own entertainment to see how far he can push them in the bits between the laughs. Is, is it, is it satisfying to do that? There's always a sort of perverse pleasure and giving some, giving some medicine to a group of people that, you know, you may feel like, you know, deserves to be poked at a bit. It's always nice to shake them up a little bit, but at the same time, you know, you know, everybody wants to be liked (laughs) and, and the people who don't want to be liked are usually pissed off because they couldn't be liked. And so, um, and I'm not saying like you sell out or anything like that, but, you know, everybody wants to be appreciated and done for what they do. But at the same time, and if you, you caught me Saturday morning, so I'm kind of like weirdly chatty. But <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, um, you want to have your pokes, but how do I say, how do I say this? It's like, I got gasped from audiences on stage where I didn't used to get gas before. Like, uh, I, I would say Boris Johnson in the audience would go, oh. they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me work out how Tory these cats are. And um, and then oh, sometimes you'll 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 make a, you'll make a reference to a Down syndrome person in a joke. And you, the joke isn't about a Down syndrome person, but you make reference and you can feel the audience go, <gasps> and it's like, <laughs> Yeah, you, you, I'm used to gas coming at the end of my jokes, not at the beginning of them. And that's the thing, the, ga- the gas are coming at the beginning now. <laughs> Which, again, has upsides and downsides. To some extent, you could imagine that it's fun to play with that and to get the audience pushed slightly into an area where there's a tension that you can then diffuse by well, not going well, somewhere. Well, see, this is the reality. I mean, there's lots of people that still want to go there and you can take them there. But you run the risk that a few people, amongst the people that don't want to go there, there'll be somebody who can um, cut off your work or make your passport not work. On the topic of your passport, by the way, Reginald, do you still feel, um, an outsider is the wrong phrase, but do you have a sense of being non-English when you're with with? English crowds or non non Irish when you're with Irish crowds because you you never really plied your trade in your native Georgia but you're you're in the UK now what 20, 25 years so is it does yeah. it feel like home now? I tell you the truth, um, the old man died last year and he lived in uh, Georgia and I used to go to Georgia every year and I'd sit with him for about six weeks or so and since he died I mean it kind of feels like the world is my home now it's like I I, I feel. I, mean, I still have family that I love in Georgia, but like I don't have to go there anymore. And 
I feel more like Rick in Casablanca more than ever when I, like I'm a citizen of the world now. And <laughs> and especially the way things have been looking politically, you know, I'm not sure that England is the end of my rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Reginald, if, if you're considering options, there is always a warm welcome for you here, as evidenced by a text that says... Please give us the venues and dates for Reginald D. Hunter gigs again. There's nothing coming up for me online and I want to go, says Anthony. All right. May 26th is sold out. So the first one you can go to is May 27th, Ballycotton in Cork. Then he's July 2nd in Northern Ireland, uh, which is comedyclub.ie. Um, he's July 13th in Greystones, July 14th, the Lighthouse, 15th, Hampton Hotel in Donnybrook, and then 16th, he's at four. Dame Lane. So that's the, the full suite. And I, I assume if they follow you on, on Twitter or anything like that, Reginald, you're putting up all of the dates for uh, where you're going to be and when. More or less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Always <laughs> yeah. leave them wanting a little bit more, Reginald. Reginald, great to talk to you. That is and, the... and, be, and, and be sure to tell your audience that I'm much funnier than I was in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't judge him by this interaction alone. Reginald D. Hunter, thank you very much. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.